Hello and welcome to this week's Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. I'm happy because for what seems like a, the first time in a long time, we've all reunited. Friends. Amy Shaw, Andy Jay, and Hello. myself, John Marker, we're all in the same room. And that room happens to be our mobile studio. And we happen to be at Caffeine and Machine. It's like the good old days. I've missed this place, yeah. actually. I've yeah. really missed it. It's been about five, six weeks since we've been it's here. Been mm-hmm. a, yes, it feels like a really, really long time there because we were off doing so the many last things. Time we were here. It was warm and it was still daylight at this time and now of course <laughs> the clocks have changed it's november it's practically christmas can't see a thing out the tinted windows lots of nice fairy lights though lots of nice fairy lights <laughs> um now just a quick one we've got a really nice podcast for you today we're talking to uh, mikey harvey who is the main man behind road ha- road rat magazine i need to say road hat road rat <laughs> magazine um we'll dive into mikey but uh, before we do that i just thought whilst we're all here uh, what have we been up to where you been what have you been doing uh, I went abroad for the first time in 18 months with a, with a job. So I went to Portugal for an amazing, lovely road trip. Who Saw that knew? on your feed with yes. lots of lovely supercars. Who knew that Portugal had such amazing roads? Honestly. Oh, it's there. Yeah. I did. I did you, too. Of course it yeah. was. You should know. But if you didn't know, listeners, then the Portugal have got amazing, amazing roads. Like just the, the most beautiful, smooth tarmac, perfect cambers. Oh, it was just, I mean, I didn't even drive and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And honestly, when you're coming around, the, because it's such a like a hillside, a lot of hillsides, there's a lot of like echo. So you can hear these cars coming for, for quite a while. Mm. And when some of those, those engines come around, you just echo that you get it just sounds incredible when you're standing on the side of the road for like an hour waiting for them to, to appear so um yeah no really before good you went away you and i outside of a podcast studio outside of a public medium you were saying oh i don't know if i'm that excited because it's mostly all new supercars and hypercars and modern stuff has your mind been changed lately <laughs> not really oh. i can appreciate she's been sold on them. portugal though yes, yeah that's true on it i did i did six weeks in portugal oh, with, you a, lucky with, thing. With, a, with a manufacturer and that was very cool actually mm. Although, when it rains in Portugal, my word. Well, they do weather properly over there, Ooh, don't they? Yeah. 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 But no, you're right. The roads are epic. It is, yeah, it is I'm good. a fan. What have you been doing for the last few weeks? So, uh, the usual stuff. The usual, <laughs> the usual hustle. John Marker, have you been busy? Uh, yeah, I've been fairly busy. Uh, I had a little break as well, but I've also um, got a very last minute invite from the lovely people at Grey Paul Ferrari uh, in Birmingham which was lovely, uh, really out of the blue. They just said, hey, uh, we're doing an event tomorrow. Do you want to come along and drive some cars? So I, I spent a day driving around an F8 Tributo. Mm. That was nice. That's not bad. And do you know what? <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Amy is full of understatement. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was glorious. Electric blue. Um, I've got this real thing about ferraris that aren't red and that's i know that sounds crazy because i love red ferraris but there's just something really cool about a kind of big statement ferrari that they've chosen to not paint red it actually feels like more special it does it does yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? it was electric blue with a white leather interior which in you, my head kind of sounds a bit horrible in real life it was glorious and dare i say it the best v8 ferrari i've ever driven that's a and mm. that's a statement and a half. It's, well, it is. There's if, another understatement. If we can only you. quantify how many V8 Ferraris have, have you driven, because oh, quite, quite, quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're looking is. at 30. Many, yeah, I was going to say, how many Ferraris, just Ferraris, oh. do you think you've driven? Uh, different models. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say probably it's about, yeah, 25, 30, because there's been a lot of old stuff and some new stuff. And I'm not usually a fan of the whole twin turbo thing. I like a good naturally aspirated engine, but the twin turbo engine in that. F8 Tributo, my goodness me, glorious. You see, this Wonderful. makes me feel a little bit frustrated mm-hmm. because I, because it's lovely to hear 
how well these leading manufacturers are, are doing yeah. and, and these beautiful models they're delivering. But I'm also mindful that the clock is ticking and they won't be doing this. In a decade's time, well, they will not be making these no, you're right. amazing V8s. Well, they're so. not. Now that they've they've created this this lovely machine that will do, is a hybrid, but it'll do 15 miles of electric. Yeah, but that's, oh, well, that won't well, that won't tick the box. Yeah, in, still not in ten the years box. time. Will it not? not I thought that still can, can count because it's a hybrid. Not, I thought after not 20 for th- new productions. After twenty thirty, I thought it just had to be hybrid because that's technically some sort hybrid. of electrical element. But yeah. I think, yeah, I it's think the sad, <laughs> the, the sad <laughs> truth is, yeah, it's ultimately these amazing engines, which of course Ferrari are so well known for. Ultimately, it's an amazing masterpiece of an engine with a car attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just yeah you're right Andy I think it is going to get to a point we are we are almost in this final chapter of awesome engineering aren't I feel we, I, I fear we are and and we're going to see a lot of last hurrahs mm. you know like like the Amira for Lotus and so on I think yeah. we're seeing a lot of goodbye lovely engine yeah and and great you know that we're seeing lovely engine but it's it's kind of like a lot of manufacturers because of so many different reasons all compliance based had just done so well. I mean, they just nailed it in terms of emissions with diesel, for example. They'd they'd finally got these, not clean engines, but the cleanest engine you could possibly get running off of a diesel power supply. And 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 now suddenly you're not even allowed to do that anymore. And they've Mm. put so much work and money and investment and energy into it. And suddenly it's it's naughty, 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 don't do that. And it just feels that that there's kind of been a knee-jerk reaction and, oh, you know... I'm not kind of lamenting the engine, but I am lamenting the energy and effort that have been put into making yeah, a difference. It's and, shame, and it's kind of it? been ignored and now, oh no, we'll replace it with electric. And I'm still not convinced that manufacturing the electric process and so on is, is actually that kind to the planet. So no. it just feels a bit farcical. That's yeah. all. But those engines, like that F8, you know, the car itself isn't going anywhere. Although, yes, the production is going to be limited to a certain number, but it will still exist. And it will just be very sad, as you say, that the, the next chapter of us in, say, 15, 20 years won't be able to sit here and go, I've just driven a new Ferrari and had an amazing twin turbo V8 and it sounded incredible. They'll go, the electric motor was really impressive. Yeah, the, and that's br- it. the brakes were very sprightly <laughs> yeah. and the recharging was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yes, that's that's what I've been up to. Um, I guess we should we should probably dive into uh, the important bit, which is our, <laughs> our podcast guest. But before we do, uh, just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone that's taken the time in the past few weeks to send us emails and direct messages because. You've, they've been coming in in their droves, and a lot of them have been absolutely lovely. So thank you very much. If you'd like to contribute to that list, uh, you can do that via email, podcast at drivenchat.com, uh, or you can slip into your DMs. I'll probably mention that again in our podcast shortly. Um, but also, just another thing to remind you of, we don't talk about this anywhere near enough. We have a YouTube channel, and we barely mention it. We do, yeah. We, we, do. Don't, we don't really talk about a lot of the things. No, we do. <laughs> it's very, it's very easy to just assume that everyone knows about all the things we do. But we do actually have a YouTube channel. And I can say with great authority, uh, we're about to step it up a gear. It's about to get better. It's, about, it's already very good. It's about to get even better. Uh, we're putting a lot more time and effort and creativity into our YouTube channel. And we are so close to uh, the number of subscribers that we need in order to monetize our content. And I have no shame in telling you that, listeners. So if you're a YouTube user, if you like watching car content, uh, why not head over to YouTube and just do a little search, Driven Chat. Uh, Hit that little subscribe button. Hit that little bell as well, because that will tell you when we've launched a new video. Uh, We're working to a point where we're going to try and get 
at least, maybe not every week, but certainly every 10 days or so, a new video out for you uh, in one shape or form. Uh, all of our podcasts are there as well. If you want to look, if, if that's a way you'd like to look at our back catalogue, you can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, why not head over to our YouTube channel, search for Driven Chat, give us a little subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us and um, it makes it worthwhile, doesn't it? Us getting out of bed in the mornings and creating some lovely content for you. <laughs> it would be greatly appreciated it for would. sure. And we haven't even mentioned that we have a celebrity chat show, something we I never, know. literally yes. never mention on this show. Yes, well, let's mention that because we got, yeah, the Andy J podcast is our sister podcast. It's, it's exactly the same production team uh, that put it together. It's our very own Andy J talking to an amazing guest each week. It's not necessarily always car related, but it could be. It's, James it's Martin's quite rarely car related, it's to be fair. Film stars, you've yeah. had the most amazing people. Yeah, they're, 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 all of them have been... I'm very proud of every celebrity yeah. we've had on. We, I mean, for the car people, we have had a little bit of crossover on here. James Martin, like yeah. you say, Jensen Button, Jeremy Clarkson, James yeah. May, Richard Hammond, and so on. But it's you, know, Olivia Coleman's and... Yeah, Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam Bloody Neeson! Yeah, <laughs> Liam Bloody Neeson. Liam Bloody Neeson. Yeah. So yeah, make sure you're, you're checking out the Andy J podcast as well. And finally, we do mention this every so often because we, we cross-reference the two. Uh, radio show. We have our own radio show every Sunday. Completely different to the podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Completely yes. different to the podcast. Yeah, same team. Which I'm actually slightly frustrated about because it's so much more work. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. But we get to if talk they together. Could just be the so same thing. <laughs> but they're not. They're and, not. And, and don't forget, if you, because um, again, I know what yeah, radio is very different to podcasts. You can listen to this at your leisure whenever. Um, when it comes to radio, it's on at 7 p.m. on a Sunday, and not everyone's in front of the radio at that time. But you do have this wonderful feature, uh, the Listen Again feature. If you've got um, a mobile telephone that can do apps, which I'm sure you have, if you listening to a podcast um, you can download the talk radio app uh, and you can actually find on there there's a there's a feature called listen again go to the schedule sunday 7 p.m you can do listen again you can hear the most recent show i might even try to do some sort of wacky creative thing where i put every single um, radio show that we've recorded on our website too but that's a whole different project in a whole different world watch this space but oh, for yeah. now you can go back and listen to the most I know I know I've done, <laughs> I've done doing? this a few times um, but that yeah it's an idea that's been in my head for a while and I'm hoping I'm going to try and figure out a way to do it uh, but yeah otherwise you can listen to the most recent show via that listen again feature if you don't have a phone that has um, apps uh, then you can just go on the talk radio website or just google the driven chat radio show and it'll all come to you do you know what this is what I would say about the radio show for mm. people that like listening to the podcast and actually some of the feedback we've had very nicely has been about we want to hear more of the three of you which, yeah. is, which is really really cool on the radio show you do yes you know we have an hour together mm -hmm. where we have about 20 minutes will be a celebrity guest of some description and the rest of it is us three and yeah. more often than not we have mike brewer with us as well but it's basically just us three talking about topical stuff because it's a radio show therefore it isn't you know, it has to be current and timely. We are reacting to car news and car stories, mm -hmm. which we don't do on this podcast no. because we're noticeable that, that, that it's an evergreen thing. Some of you will listen to this pod as it lands on the Monday morning. Some of you will hear it weeks or months later. So we can't go, here's what's happening in the news right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> which we do on the radio show. Yeah. So and sometimes we give advice. Well, that, there is, there is advice and sometimes that trust us. And, and other times we make assumptions that then prove to be wrong the very next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Electric 911. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah. I would endorse the, the reality is that, that it is a completely different show. Same people, very different listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
We're a bit more grown up and sensible, I think. I, I mean, I don't know. We're just a bit more timed. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So yes, um, yeah. It was it was just a quick hello before we dive in and do the main feature to say uh, thank you for uh, your, all your lovely messages. Thank you for listening, crucially, because of course, if you weren't listening, then we wouldn't be sat here. And um, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Don't forget to check out the Andy J podcast. Don't forget to check out us on the radio every Sunday evening at seven pm. And uh, otherwise, as you are, you know, just carry on. Do we what sound you do. like those podcasts with sponsors where you have to do sponsor reads. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yes. We want to tell you all about this great new episode, but first, have you tried these new vitamins or yeah. hand cream? I'm or... wearing underpants made of bamboo. Are you really, John? Well, tell me more about that. <laughs> I really like them because they're super snug and protective. <laughs> all of that. Yeah, we, we haven't done that yet. We've sort of managed to sidestep yeah. for the time being. Next week, however. Uh, but no, this is a special listen, I think. Um, anyone that has checked out the Road Rat magazine will know that, that it is a, a very special publication. But the team behind it are what make it unique. And we've got the main man, Mikey Harvey, and his CV prior to Road Rat was pretty much the top dog when it comes to magazine editing in the automotive space. I, I can't think of anyone with a stronger CV from the publications he's worked at and the achievements he has got. And the gat. And the, uh, <laughs> I'll say that again for you, gat. The, the accolades, the awards he's won and so on, he, they don't get better than Mikey Harvey. And I can guarantee, for those of you that are interested in getting involved in some way, as a writer, a journalist, someone that wants to be involved in magazines or publications or the online world, etc., there's going to be some absolutely critical life advice for you as well. So this is definitely one to hear, isn't it? It is. Shall we dive in? Shall we hand over to yourself, Andy J? <laughs> Andy, over to you. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Well, hello. Welcome to the very latest Driven Chat podcast. I'm Andy J. sat with Amy Shaw and John Marco, as usual, and we are in the Driven Chat truck, parked up at what is now a darkening sky <laughs> at Caffeine and Machine, even though it is still basically early afternoon. It's one of those depressing November things no, that no, they no. change the clocks. Autumnal. It's autumnal <laughs> and lovely oh. and cosy. It was a beautiful drive here. It, gets, so. it was a beautiful drive, but yeah. now it's going to be a headlit yeah. drive back. So that was a, Sorry, a glimpse of our special guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, no, this is a chat that I'm really looking forward to. There's a story that we are going to hear that is one that I don't think anyone else that we've had on the pod over however many episodes we are now, something like 80, has anything like and... I think this is going to be absolutely fascinating. I'm delighted to say, Mikey Harvey, I'm going to call you the king of road rat, if that's all right, Mikey. <laughs> anybody that, you can call me that. <laughs> anybody uh, that knows anything uh, about the automotive space and publications and so on will have read or consumed or enjoyed something of Mikey's for the last what, four decades, Mikey, is that fair? I started in the 1980s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with a long and brilliant list of different publications and awards and many, 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 many articles. I imagine you've lost count of how many pieces of, of content you've written over the years. Quite a few. Quite a few. A few firings as well in there. So, uh, <laughs> what, you've had to do the firings uh, or no, you have been, I've been fired. fired? I've been fired. I've been fired. I mean, if we just yeah. play the hits quickly and then we yeah. then we'll go through yeah. it properly, yeah. we're looking at publications like Autocar, Autocar in Top the 90s, Gear magazine. Top Gear in the noughties. There was the, I think you've written for the Land Rover magazine. I know we, we edited and published the Land Rover magazine, One Life, from Redwood uh, yeah. in the late 90s, which was, was a great project. It's a Porsche. Loved that project. As well, wasn't God, it? God, yes. Forgot about that one. Yeah, the Mark. Um, um, yeah, the guys at Porsche GB decided they no longer wanted to give their GB customers Christophorus. Uh, so came up with something called the Mark, which they gave to a design agency called Hollander, 
Um, and I ended up doing that after I was fired from Autocar. <laughs> now we need to hear that story re- reasonably yeah. swiftly, uh-huh. I think, because when, when you drop an anchor like that, yeah. you need to you need to make sure that okay. it gets explored. Okay. But of course, most recently, and this and you know we say it's recent, but actually this has been a labour of love for you for many years now. Is is what I will say on record: the brilliant Road Rat magazine, which Thank I abso- very much. absolutely love. As you know, I've been a subscriber since day one. I'm not being paid to say this. I think it's fantastic. I think we're okay to say good things about things we appreciate on the pod without it being an advert, aren't we? I mean, Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if we weren't, then we'd be sending you an invoice afterwards, Mike. Which <laughs> I can okay, assure you yeah. we're not. So. Okay, we'll pay it soon. <laughs> so, so my point is... 2018, we started yeah. the Road Rats, so it's, yeah. it's, it's relatively... We, you know, we've only done eight issues, which we should have done inside two years, but last year wasn't so easy. Uh, but we still managed to get two issues out last year, and we missed one at the start of this year. Uh, but we're back on quarterly schedule now. I mean, that makes it sound, when you say you've only done eight issues, it makes it sound like this is a sort of bit of a paperweight thing, that it's, there's nothing much going on. But mm. this is a very detailed, it's almost a coffee table book, isn't it? I'm not going to call it a magazine, because it's it's not. It's not the sort of thing that you walk into a WH Smith's or whatever and you thumb through that's going to come 50 not pages. Not in stores, and... The Road Rat. Only available <laughs> at theroadrat.com. I'm so. sure I bought a copy in London. Uh, you might have done. Um, uh, a place called Mag Culture. That sounds right. Um, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, one for a friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, that's the only place we've actually sold it. We will look at a relatively small retail offer next year, uh, but in specialist stores like Mag Culture and a place called Mag Galleria down in Bath, and various others. Uh, so we're coming on to Road Rat in a minute. Mm. Okay. You got sacked from Autocar. <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs> let's go straight in. Okay. <laughs> so you've been at Autocar what, about eight years, something like that. I can't remember. Um, I started in thing eighty four or eighty five. Um, uh, Haymarket, who published it then, had just bought it from IPC, um, and uh, I'd um, I needed to find a job in a hurry. My tertiary education ended abruptly, um, and uh, I got a job selling ads on Autosport magazine. Um, and That's I'd got Parfit Junior did that, and uh, long after. Well, yeah. I didn't it was, in the it end. It was quite what close happened? to where you were Everybody's work selling ads on Autosport, but I didn't. <laughs> because on the way down the stairs, I bumped into Mick Walsh, famous of classic and sports car. And Mick's an old friend of the family. He was at school with my elder brothers. Um, and Mick explained that um, Haymarket had just bought Autocar from IPC. Uh, and would I like to meet the editor? Bernard Barnett, who, uh, fantastic name, very cool guy, was a former editor of Campaign magazine who for whatever reason the Haymarket thought would make a good editor for Autocar that they just acquired. Um, so, um, <laughs> there's so, there's no crossover there at all. No, there? there's not. I mean, he's a talented guy. I, I guess they thought he knew the advertising agencies and the media buyers okay. or something like that. But um, um, it wasn't very good, Autocar, when they bought it. It really was. Motor was far away. IPC had both mo- uh, Motor, God rest its soul, and Autocar. Um, and Motor was far superior in Autocar venerable, wonderful old autocar. Thank you very much. We're just Come being handed you. drinks, which is wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Um, God, I'm rambling on. Anyhow, um, so uh, Mick introduced me to Bernard. Uh, had a long chat with Bernard. Bernard was looking for editorial assistant, so he, ca- he gave me the job. So I said, that's fine, only I've just said yes to a job upstairs <laughs> at Autosport. Bernard phoned up Autosport and said, no, he's going to start here instead. So um, I did that, and then, um, so that's 84, something like that. And then I got the editor's gig in 92. Um, uh, uh, an amazing time for the motoring press. It was so, there was so much going on. EMAP, publishers of car, had decided to launch against Autocar. By that stage, had become Autocar and Motor because okay. Motor had collapsed yep. and fallen That's into it. 
Um, it was um, this was pre-internet days, so classified advertising was a was a gold mine, and Nautica was making a lot of money out of classified advertising. Um, so EMAP had this big launch with big money against us, um, and they took this incredibly brave decision to um, um, to give it to a bunch of kids, uh, which was me um, and Andrew Frankel, uh, who was my road test editor. Yeah. All of us in our twenties. Um, a chap called Mark Harrop, who's my deputy, who went on to have a big career at Redwood. Um, Steve Sutcliffe, James Thomas, um, none of us over 30. Um, and for whatever reason, they thought that was the energy that it needed. Um, what was the thinking there? Because the, the readership must have been over 30s. I mean, uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, st- and, st- and, st- and still is. It was an enormously important play for them to get it right. I mean, I'd had two other offers. I was offered Car Week. Um, and I was offered what was then um, um, the uh, the build project for Top Gear. Um, I'd done. I'm gonna. I can tell the truth here now. It's so long. It, it's so long ago. I skived off Autocar while I was still <laughs> news editor or deputy editor or something like that to go and do the dummy for the original Top Gear. Um, oh, really? And I think word got out about this. Um, and um, so I got an offer from. Um, I got this wonderfully florid offer from the guys at Redwood, which is an enormously stylish company. Redwood, the biggest contract yeah. publishers yeah. In, in Europe. Beautiful offices in Bayham Street in Clapham, in Camden at the time. Of course, Haymarket had its little offices in, in Teddington like it still has. So I got this wonderful offer. Um, it's very funny. I got this beautiful offer from Redwood, lovely florid prose. Um, I got a frustrated note from Gavin Green, um, who was editor of Car, who was... Um, charged with finding an editor for Car Week. And I stopped talking to Gavin because there was his other stuff going on. And Gavin was making calls and I wasn't getting back to him. Um, uh, so I got this note from Gavin and it was on car paper. And it just said, Mikey, do you want this f- job or not? <laughs> um, um, which is good. And then this, this I'm allowed to... Yeah. We, we'll we'll, it's, yeah. we'll put okay. out an explicit right. thing, okay. and it's, okay. I, d- I like watching John's face whenever someone swears because he just gets a little bit upset. <laughs> no, 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 no. You carry well, on. Anybody no, knows okay. the recent history of the yeah. road rat? Although we'll probably come to that anyhow. Uh, <laughs> I took um, front cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, uh, and then this kind of little note from Haymarket. Anyway, I ended up taking the Haymarket job at Autocar um, on a bunch of provisions that I could get this team. I think they realized. So you only take a job if you're sworn at. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyhow, I, I think I think they wanted to go with this bunch of kids because they knew it was going to take phenomenal energy to beat Car Week. They had huge resources. They had a bigger team. They had more money. They had an enormous promotional budget. So it was a big deal. Um, but but our guys, particularly Andrew and the road test team, just worked their ass off. I mean, they would they would, you know, somebody would launch a new Vauxhall Corsa down in Spain, and the guys would drive to Spain in a Ford Fiesta and whatever else they were comparing it with, or in Metro. Um, um, photograph a triple test there down in Spain, then drive all the way back, um, and then sit in the office and work all night writing it up. You know, uh, and they just and they kept that up for um, I think it was two and a half years before um, we just obliterated Car Week and it folded. So, jeez, yeah, I remember getting the call. It was on my birthday, January the eighteenth, and uh, I was um, away on holiday in New York, and the phone rang really early, and it was Mark, my deputy time it is no 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 you have to hear this you have to hear this oh, can I wait no no they folded um, Car Week um, and um, so that was job done um, oh, so, I mean was that almost the task then at the start you've got to you've got to beat the opposition into yeah, yeah. extinction I don't I don't think extinction was ever considered uh, but um, 
Um, I mean, Car Week was an impressive publication, but they made they made this big. So it was a newspaper type format, yeah, tabloid format, um, and it got stacked down on the floor in newsagents, whereas Autocar was still up on the shelves. Mm. And we kind of upped the quality offer, so we knew they were going to be um, 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 stapled and newspaper and on the floor. So we went perfect band with a square band and a glossy cover and stuff like that. So the week they entered the market, down market, we pushed Autocar up market. Right. Um, uh, but um, no, that was the thing. And I think after that, I think this is where it comes to the firing, is that it, they kind of lost direction after that. We didn't really know what the job was once we'd actually got rid of Car Week. Um, yes. Well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? When you're, when you're not racing against your great competitor... What are you racing against? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Com- competition is always the thing that's going to push you forwards because there's so only so long that you can keep up with that energy. I suppose that you were talking about as as a team when you first started, and suddenly once you've achieved, it's there's a whole psychology behind it about once you achieve your goals, what then? And yeah. the amount of people that kind of spiral into depression and all sorts because yeah. they struggle to go forwards from from that point of once you've reached your goals. So, yeah, I can understand how. When it comes to yeah beating, not even as you said, you don't think you wanted to necessarily beat the magazine. You just wanted to almost be appreciated as a strong competitor. We wanted you know to be the place that the advertising money would go to that would dominate the classified market and stuff. Um, and um, you know, and it's you know it matters with Autocar. You know, the idea. I mean, you know, imagine the scenario had it not gone that way. You know, you know had because um, Car Week was dead by the time we celebrated the centenary of Autocar in 1995. Well, see, you're saying this, Mikey. My initial question was, how did you get sacked by Autocar? So I have been like literally on tenderhooks. Yeah. Because s- all I've heard okay. is this great okay. story of success. I got, I got sacked because um, um, my... How did um, it go wrong? I mean, you, um, you got to the peak there. I, I'd always wanted to do with Autocar a little bit like I did with um, Top Gear and certainly with, and, and certainly with Road Route. I was making it just a little bit broader than, than, than road tests and reviews and stuff. It's yeah. like cars are incredibly significant cultural items um, and you know road rats an extreme expression of that but there was space to do that in autocar and one of the ways I did that was to bring in the great and late Russell Bulgin and rest his soul 20 years dead next year but um, uh, it was a very good friend of mine and Russell was I mean Russell was the I think probably the greatest writer certainly of his era probably of any era stunning huge talent crazy mad eccentric man six foot seven tall um, um, very stylish, very cool, very funny. Uh, former Formula One editor of Motor, um, uh, but a brilliant um, writer. And we sent Russell off to Ferrari. Launched the f- modified 550 at the Nurburgring um, with Michael Schumacher giving people passenger rides. So what a story! Right? Yeah. Um, um, and we were still on it at that stage, so we weren't letting any, any, anything go by. Back in those days, we kept 16 pages open on the Monday morning to cover the weekend's motorsport. Okay. Which would be Formula One. When Nigel Mansell was doing IndyCars, we'd do IndyCars. We did BTCC in its crazy heyday and stuff. Um, there was very little motorsport that weekend, so we had a facility to have some open pages on the on the Monday morning. So I sent Russell off, spends the Sunday driving with Michael Schumacher in the 550M, files a fantastic story, um, and um, it was amazing. So people were so keen to read that story that a lot of people... We used to have to start at five o'clock on the Monday morning to get those pages done. Um, um, but people who weren't involved in the production of the magazine came in to read the story. They were so excited to read Russell's <laughs> story. And of course it was a corker because everything Russell. Um, but the management didn't like Russell. They thought he was too clever by half. Um, and um, uh, my boss at the time lost his about Russell's story because Russell used the word preternatural. Um, and 
remember my boss going, preternatural, preternatural, I don't even know what this word means. By that voice, you've probably given away who I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> uh, but um, so... Um, I don't know what it means. Either. Anyhow. Um, Do you know what it means, John? I don't know what it means. I don't, I don't know. know. What does it mean? It's, it's um, beyond nature, um, uh, beyond the understanding of nature. So supernatural is an extreme expression oh. of nature. Preternatural is really? beyond that. Brilliant, brilliant word. word. Brilliant. It is a brilliant word. And, I, you know, it's, look it up if you don't know <laughs> yeah, what it yeah, means. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. dictionaries are for, you know. Uh, but um, um, so my publisher told me that I had to sack Russell. Um, and I said, I'm not sacking him. I think he's brilliant and he's my best friend. Um, um, and then I went away on holiday. Um, and they told me to think about it. So I came back from holiday, um, and I said, I've thought about it, and I'm not sacking him. And they said, well, we're sacking you. That was that. Wow. wow. Mind you, I came back after on a Grand Prix weekend. So I came back from a holiday. Um, which, so I came in for the 5 o'clock start of the shift to report on that, on that, on that, on that uh, Grand Prix. And the publisher who came who fired me didn't come in until 10 o'clock. So on the day I got fired, I'd already, already done five, five hours. hours. <laughs> Work, you know, so, Have you invoiced them for it? Um, so, what happened to Russell? So that was that. Um, Did they get rid of him anyway? Uh, yeah. Which was, I mean, you know, uh, I, uh, I don't want to get bitter about it. It, it was when, when Russell died and everybody was incredibly upset and a whole bunch of people, led by uh, Colin Goodwin, um, we put together a collected book of Russell's. Uh, I've not got a copy. I've lost my copy. Somebody stole it. Um, of just It's called The Best of Bulgin, um, to raise money for uh, the Royal Marsden where he had his cancer treatment. Right. Um, and and everybody got incredibly sentimental about it, including a lot of those people who wanted him gone for a while to go. Anyway, that's a that's not hit a bum note quite so early. Huh? So no, well, memories change when mm. people die, don't they? They, they do. They do. It's great the that Russell's appreciated. Let's you know. Let's say, and, and I, I think everybody would um, would tell you that there was none greater than Russell Bolger. You were basically sacked for loyalty. Um, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, that was an expression of, the, I think they didn't like my direction. They thought Autocar was the magazine of record and is for, and is all about the road tests. I d- loved the way Andrew and his team were doing the road tests. They were brilliant, vivid, smart, cool writing. Um, and I didn't reduce the number of pages. For, I just I took a different approach to the features. I tried to bring in some, you know, different voices, stuff. It was going really well. The magazine was selling really well. So. Yeah. Anyhow. Sounds like a dumb decision. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what happened? I mean, moving forward from that, what was this? What was the progression of the magazine? Did did things change? Did it get better for them? Was it a, a, a correct decision for them? Or the circulation didn't go up. Right. Um, um, I mean, it, I think it drifted for a little while. Um, but Chaz Hallett and then Jim Holder have done a really good job with it. I love Autocar. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, it was my my first. You know, um, and um, you know, it's great that we survived that attack from. Because the idea of Autocar not getting to 100 years is just awful. Yeah, you know? um, yeah and you're right. So I mean, Chaz and Jim are, are good guys. Yeah. You know, and they're actually, I would, I would I'm go really so far as to say, they're, they're yeah. not just good at what they do. They're yeah. actually decent humans. Oh, completely so. And this Autocar archive launches this week, which I can't wait to explore. This, mm. They've yeah. digitised yeah. all the way back to 1895. That's a labour of love, isn't it? It is. I, mean, I it feel really so is. sorry for the person that's been <laughs> scanning every <laughs> single day. It's quite the scanner, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, somebody said, yeah, somebody asked of 
Jim the other day, did they get somebody who's got no interest in cars to do the scanning? Because <laughs> if you've got somebody that was, you can imagine you'd be sitting there kind of, you know, two hours later. Oh, yeah, no, I'll scan that page. You know, oh, you know, God, can you imagine? Oh, look at that. Read this. That was work experience. Yeah. You're just, you'd never, you'd never <laughs> ever want a job. Yeah, like, if this is working... Welcome I'm, to adult life. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take every degree that ever existed forever. <laughs> well, heaven forbid, a journalist <laughs> graduate or something. That's it. Never going to yeah. work again. No, okay, I can't so Wait, um, I'm going to, um, yeah, I've said to Jim on Twitter night that I'm not taking out a subscription just yet because um, we've got too much to do on Road Rat 9, really, and I know <laughs> yeah. I'll just get lost in it. You know? Too busy, so, you yeah, know, there'll be a yeah. great rabbit hole to fall down oh, when, imagine, when time comes. Imagine, though, you know? yeah, amazing. Um, so. So that so the magazine, as John asked, the magazine did fine. It didn't it didn't excel no, no. in your departure, but it did okay. Yeah. How about you? What did you do? Because I imagine them saying, okay, Mikey, that's you done. Yeah. That must have been a shock. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Mm. Um, it I, you know, the relationship wasn't as good as it was at the start of it all. But like I say, it all went a bit sour after the, after after Car Week went because we lost, lost. There was some th- th- we did a redesign that not everybody liked and. Uh, probably wasn't quite right. It was really a bit too ahead of its time. I'll take some blame for that. Uh, but um, um, no, for me, um, so I had a number of years freelancing. So that was 96 when I got fired. And I turned up at um, um, Top Gear in 2003. Um, so um, so I worked, I did a column in the Financial Times, which I really loved doing, really, really loved doing because you just know you've got smart people. Mm. Reading it. So that was great. Um, we launched One Life for um, Land Rover globally, yeah, which was great, and that was that was a fantastic brief. So it was um, uh, John Edwards um, was the marketing director at Land Rover then, who went on to run Land Rover and then to run Special Vehicle Engineering. Very cool, incredibly Such smart, a good guy, a really nice actually. bloke. Yeah, um, and um, and his boss, I can't remember his surname now. Matthew was also in marketing, but we had this amazing brief, which was to create right on brand, world's best. Travel and adventure magazine. Mm. So don't don't worry about the vehicles. Just give us travel and ad- adventure. Um, and if there's a vehicle that crops up in the story once in a while, then great. But otherwise, sort of um, like Land Rover's equivalent of Porsche's. What do they call it? Type Seven magazine. Is that actually, right? Type yeah. Type Seven's a, a different one because it's, it's not a physical publication. It's purely online. But do you mean in terms of the, the in terms of the in terms of the content? Yeah. Oh, yes. The story yeah. as opposed it to the subject. It's more the, it doesn't have to be car led. So it obvious just to has say to the be word spirit led. Yeah. 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 To say lifestyle sense. is very kind of cliche, but yeah, it's because the, I suppose a lot of these people that um, you know when you're into cars, you're either into the um, you know definite let me know all the technical details and everything there is to do about cars but then there's a massive offshoot of people who love cars like I, I count myself as, as one of these who are not that interested in that side but the idea of what cars can give to you in terms of this as you say Mikey travel adventure the yeah. lifestyle around it because yeah. that's just as important so yeah to be able to go into something that was focusing on that how was that for a change of um I don't, the thought process for you in terms of, of vehicles was that something you enjoyed looking back at it, or were yeah, you more interested in the really cars themselves? Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed. It. I mean, no, I'm 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 like you know I'm you know I'm um, I really like cars, uh, but I don't I, I wouldn't define myself by my liking of cars. I'm certainly you know um, I, I I love what they mean. Uh, I'm a lousy driver. Uh, I drive <laughs> like an old woman, um, um, and you know when uh, which was very you know when I'd go occasionally go on group tests and stuff with the team. You know Steve Sutcliffe and Andrew Frankel for 
sake. You'd imagine they're peddlers. That, you know, yeah. They were at lunch yeah. and I was still yeah. at breakfast here on the route. So uh, I feel was, so, whenever yeah. we do anything with John. Yeah. Amy's had racing training. John John used to be a racing trainer. And then yeah. there's me. Yeah. yeah. No. So so it was it was never a choice. I can't drive, so I'm going to concentrate there. But that was always my interest. Yeah. Um, so, the, so, the, so the Land Rover thing was just great. And, uh, and we got to work with some fantastic writers. Um, uh, Joe Simpson, who wrote Touching the Void, um, um, oh. did some fantastic pieces for us. Um, best one he did. We sent him to Hawaii to go um, surfing with Laird Hamilton. Um, Principally because I love the idea of Joe, who's this tiny lad with this broken body, obviously, with all the accidents. Um, little pale, like all climbers, fragile little thing. Um, pale as hell from Sheffield. Um, um, and Laird Hamilton, of course, is just this god, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I always just thought the picture of them together is just going to be funny, and it was. <laughs> um, uh, but I also like the idea of, you know, Joe climbs mountains of ice and Laird slides down mountains of water and stuff. But Yeah, um, very nice. So we sent Joe off to um, uh, Hawaii, and uh, it was great. Joe wrote the most fantastic piece. It was great. It was humbling working for Joe because he would file far too many words. Mm-hmm. And you go, Joe... And, you know, we only asked for 6,000. You've given me 14. And Joe will say, well, you edit it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to edit Joe Simpson's words. That's awesome. Um, what, but, but sorry, just, just I think quick back quick. then, I, I, I think that's when I, you know, um, something that was given full expression in, in uh, Road Rat is if a story's good enough, then people will read it, you know, yeah. no matter how long it is. I, I've never, ever bought into this. Oh, stories can only be 1,500 words long and a yeah. video can only be 90 yeah. seconds and stuff. If it's good... People I was about to say it, the comparison in in old school, and apologies for using that term, but I'm very much you know, my my recent years in the world of publishing and publications have all been digital media and videos, and it, there is this often often argument of what is the right length of a video, and the answer is it's there is no such thing until it, it's boring. Yeah. Well, exactly that. Exactly that. If yeah. you've got the opportunity to tell the story and to create the vision and to get the shots that make this thing incredible, then put it in. If it turns into a half an hour, forty minute video, then so be it. If it's good, put it out. And I, I'd be interested to hear your take on on. And I guess this is a bit more in depth than this question is going to allow it to be. Um, but your your view now on the the modern world of media versus the good old old school days of you had some pages to fill and a space on an A4 sheet and that was what was going to be versus this slightly more kind of make it up as you go along world. Mm. Do you see the direct comparisons? And I, I I was enjoying your, you know, the idea, you were saying the idea of sending writers out to do a particular thing and experience a particular thing. That must have been ghastly expensive back in those days, and you think nowadays, in order to try and get any sort of monetization on anything exciting, the budgets just aren't there. It's, yeah. How do you see that? What's your comparison of modern world? Well, the Land Rover thing was, was easy because we had Land Rover's money, you know, yeah. and, and this was, you know, Land Rover were making an awful lot of money back then. Um, 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 you know, Road Rat's not cheap to produce. No. Um, but, you know, Road Rat is a, there's a strategy there, um, and um, um, the strategy was all about quality, um, uh, no matter what the medium. Uh, and we figured we'd start in print um, because a big physical thing, as you say, it's weird to call it a magazine. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the right. We've always struggled with the language around how to describe it. We call it an automotive quarterly or we call it a journal, and, you know, a coffee table magazine seems to have stuck, which I don't particularly like, but it it gets the feeling across. It's it's Um, the right sort of vibe, but it it doesn't do it justice. It's really hard, particularly when you're selling it through a digital portal exclusively mm-hmm. just trying to convince folks that you know that, that you want to ask them to pay 15 pounds plus postage folks um um 
but it's you know it's 1.1 kilograms 2.4 pounds yeah. 244 heavy pages you know it's um, not something it's, i mean you think of a I, I might be wrong but you think of a magazine that you buy at the news agent mm. and it's going to last you a couple of hours Maybe if yeah. it's good, yeah. if it's got enough content yeah. in there, you've got an hour, two hours mm. maybe for a train journey or a Sunday afternoon if you haven't got kids or whatever it might yeah. be. You can just... Road Rat yeah. is something that you have to spend proper time yeah. to enjoy. You're probably two not going to Two hours, you've, you've done the first 30 pages. Or you'll be over your yeah. luggage allowance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's heavy. It is, you know, it rightly is. so. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's as much about the visuals as it is the words. You know, you clearly put all the effort into all of it. Not just, here's an idea. Coming back to being an editor, because mm. I, I feel like we should do road rap proper justice in, mm. in due course, but yeah. being an editor, what you just said there, you know, you sent this amazing man off to Hawaii to meet another amazing man, get mm. a couple of surfboards, come up with a story. Mm. But that's an idea that has to come from somewhere, and that would have been one idea in a magazine in amongst 15 others. Your role mm. as the sort of boss man there is to come up with all the ideas. It, it is, I think. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, on Top Gear, um, uh, we had a big team um, you know, um, coming up with ideas. Uh, uh, Peter Grunert, uh, who's now working with me on Road Rat, was 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 one of the best at coming up with ideas. But 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 yeah, I mean, that is the responsibility. Uh, I mean, you know, ideally, you've got a crew of people, you've got a community, and you speak to them, and they've got a little bit of an idea, and they've got a little bit of another idea, and maybe somewhere between the two, you come together. Um, um, but um, yeah, I love that. I mean, you know, the Joe thing came about. Um, I think you know, a, a friend of mine had really got into surfing in the states and was constantly banging on about Laird Hamilton. So I became fascinated by Laird Hamilton. Um, um, Joe had already written one thing for us before. I was trying to find something new for him to do. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, it literally started with this idea of little Joe and massive Laird. Because um, that's the thing. You know, I can um, just imagine you <laughs> yeah, phoning Joe yeah, and him yeah. saying, is this a joke? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was <laughs> what I told him the travel schedule to, <laughs> to get to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. That's um, um, a question I had. When it comes to from an editor point of view, and obviously you read so many of these stories. First of all, what do you look for in a story? And second, what makes a good story to you? Is it the, the ability of the writer? Is it the story itself? It, like, or I imagine it's a combination of, of both. Like, I suppose, yeah, what makes for you a good story? It's one that you want to read from beginning to end, uh, principally. That's, that's, the, you know, that's the failure mode if people don't get to the end. Uh, but, um, um, you know, it's got to be new, and there are different kinds of new. New can be a, a probably new take or, or, or something that's never been told before. Um, uh, it needs to be interesting. It needs to be properly crafted with an understanding that somebody's reading it. Um, um, and then the writer thinking about the subject matter, absolutely researching it properly, being properly across it, which means doing, you know, not just reading a bloody press pack and writing something, of which, unfortunately, a lot of these guys, and I don't blame them, they've got no choice. The, the time pressure out there yeah. is, is just insane. And we'll come to this when we, when we talk about how he came up with Road Rat. Um, but um, um, it's, um, yeah, getting across the subject, having, having a feel for it, uh, an, an enthusiasm for it, um, and um, uh, um, researching it. And then, I, you know, I think wanting to entertain people with it, I think, a re, you know, a real kind of... What we get with Road Rat is a lot of people who are good um, are really raising their game. Um, you know, Angus McKenzie, ex-editor of um, Motor Trend, has written a few pieces for us, and he's written the cover story in the next Road Rat, which is about the NSX. Um, and um, it's just, you know, he has worked and worked. 
um, um, and uh, assembled a huge amount of information. But having done that, done his own editing job uh, in terms of what needs to what needs to go in here. I think I think a real writer's skill is the ability to accumulate that information and, and then know what to leave out. Um, I think a, a lot of stuff, and I, you know, I think you do see this, unfortunately, in, a, in, in some of the classic car mags, um, that the guys are so enthusiastic about what they're writing about that they've read everything and want to get it all in, um, and, and, and it can become indigestible. Yeah, it's it's got to be readable. Um, it's about remembering you know. the lowest common denominator, isn't it? It is, it is, and it's just you know when I get, when I you know go through copy, uh, I'm just I'm very aware in my own head when I skipped something or got stuck on something or lost interest or if I can't remember what was said in the previous paragraph, so I'm I'm aware. Okay, this guy's lost me at this point. Or writer, I mean, you know, we can come on to male and female writers <laughs> also, but um, it's um. Um, so yeah, so if there's if there's if there's an ability that you have as an editor is to be able to um to 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 read something as a, as as um, uh, a consumer will read it. Um, so you yes you've thought of the idea, yes you've written the commissioning note, yes you've talked about it, yes you've maybe seen one or two drafts, but still can I read this coming to it with a blank with a blank mind? Yes, ignoring um, your relationship with the person that's produced it and so yeah, on. and ignoring the bits we go oh yeah well he always says that or he yeah. said oh, I've read that before and stuff. It's you know you know what will you know what will the, uh, what will the reader think? Where's the point of where the reader will just will just find themselves looking around the room, looking at the telly or something like that? You know, uh, I mean, and you. You know, sometimes if it's if it's a really long piece, the answer is okay. Let's put a break in here. You know, um, and you know we're quite good on road rat in putting structural breaks in or or deliberately ending a one bit of the story. And then it'll be a couple of um, big spreads of pictures yeah. um, that will just people give them that chance just to kind of get out of it before they get back in again. Um, you know, it's a very it should be a very engaged process. Yes. Um, um, and, and if it's not, then it's probably not doing its job. But that's what we have to offer on Roadwrap because it's, you know, we're offering, you know, people, you know, asking people to pay quite a lot of money for an experience that they're going to remember. Yes, that's true. Mikey, has the job changed? And I'm asking with my TV hat on now. Mm. You know, obviously, as a, as a guy that has made lots of telly in my mm. time. I did some telly. You've done some telly. We're mm. going to talk about that yeah, as well. Discovery. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've done some discovery as well. Mm. Uh, let's talk about it, right? Mm. In, from a TV perspective. My role as a producer, exec producer and whatever, changed when phones became a distraction. And suddenly you couldn't make content in a certain way because you were aware that if you tell a story this way, mm. certain members of your viewing community are going to pick up their phone yeah. and they're going to search the internet or they're going to check yeah. Twitter or whatever. Yeah. You have to now make content that sucks people in where they simply can't. I mean, it's yeah. become one of those things where if someone tells you, I didn't put my phone down, I didn't pick up my phone yeah. once yeah. during the show, that's actually the biggest compliment you can yeah. get. Yeah. You know, I never checked my phone for the whole show, yeah. which is horrible when you think mm. about it. Yeah. Has the same applied to print? Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course it is because because, you know, Fundamentally, the only equation that works in print is is is, is if people pay some money for it. Um, you know, we've seen lots of people try to do you know a free distribution or, or, or premium, and um, it's just not worked for them. You know, you had, it's it's you know the advertising money is no longer there, so the only route is to charge them for it and to, and to charge a lot of money. So they they have to get to the end of it and go, you know, that's worth fifteen quid. You it's know? almost that tag reassuringly expensive, isn't it? Yeah, it well, is. Yeah. It, it is. also adds to the, to add the, the opposite dimension to it is the fact that 
it puts more pressure on you and your job as the editor to make sure that it's actually something that people are willing to buy yeah. again. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, we can all go out, we'll give anything a go once, right? yeah. 15 quid, okay, sure, yeah. we'll give it a go. But if it, the content's trash, we're yeah. going to go, well, what a waste of money. I'm just never going to read it again. So it's, it's, yeah, which is why, so we, you know, so people, most of our, uh, half of our customers are subscribers, about five and a half thousand subscribers. Um, and, um, so and they renew in four different tranches because we get because it's a four issue subscription that they that they uh, that they uh, take out and the days that we go through the automatic renewal process it's terrifying yeah because you're just looking at because you get a little ka-ching, ka-ching each time one goes on your phone and you're just like God, do you you're getting a real time update? Yeah, well, it's just you try and pretend you're not going to look at it, uh, but I'm um, <laughs> just obsessed about yeah. it. But but we just after the controversial Elon Musk cover we. Uh, we renewed that one at ninety-one percent. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> which is great. Yeah, so just just, is, just describe the cover, Mikey, to people that haven't seen it yet. Okay. Because I I I had to do some very fast because I have three young children, okay. three boys. All right. Uh, one of whom is a very good reader. Yeah. So I, I had to well, very I quickly get the stickers you, out. It won't be the first time he's heard or <laughs> oh, seen no, that. No, it won't. Work, you know. Um, yeah. um, so we wanted. So the first cover. Um, 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 had Lewis Hamilton on the front cover. He was just you know he's just. Even back then, and this was you know twenty eighteen, um, Lewis arguably a, 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 a less three dimensional character than he is these days. You know, yeah. the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, Lewis since then has become, you know, witnessed the Wall Street Journal piece last weekend and stuff. You know, absolutely compelling. But it's but, very much in his own skin now. Uh, mm. completely so. Uh, but but I saw it then, and it always frustrated me that people just weren't getting it, and 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 I felt sad about it that people weren't appreciating just what a potent human being he, he was as, he, as, as a person as, as much as a, as a, as a sportsman um, but we started with that because for the first ever road ride we didn't want to put a car on the cover we wanted to send a signal that, that we're more than cars um, so we did the painting because we were so new that we were never going to get you know, time in Lewis's diary so we did the painting and stuff so come issue 8 we thought um, we should probably go back to, to having a personality on the front cover I mean we kind of issue 3 had George Harrison and, and Gordon Murray on there uh, but um so we thought, gosh, who apart from Lewis? And we briefly thought about putting Lewis on the cover again because uh, so, so much had happened. Uh, but then we thought around and then we thought about Elon Musk. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Um, and like, yeah, because uh, Elon's got a funny relationship with people in the motor industry or particularly in the motoring media. He's got um, a funny relationship with everyone. He's got a funny <laughs> relationship with everyone. I'm not as down on... I mean, he's done some... He said some stupid things and he's done some stupid things. Um, I, you know, if you're going to get angry with billionaires, I'd look at Mr. Zuckerberg and Mr. Bezos before you turn on to Mr. Musk. But anyway, it's a very meta you know, thing to say. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, um, but um, so we commissioned Jamie Kitman um, um, to write the piece. We tried to get an interview with Elon, but he just, I mean, we just don't know who to ask. But we did try lots of different routes and some quite interesting connections we had. So it was going to be a profile. So Jamie spoke with lots and lots of people um, and got this really balanced view uh, from some very senior people in the industry um, who, are, who are like, you know, you, you, what they've done is extraordinary. Um, it's fashionable just to go, oh, Tesla, it's meaningless and it's just this overinflated value. No, it's not. It's, it's changed the course clearly of automotive history, you know. Yeah. Um, but people, um, uh, he polarises people. So um, we knew people were going to bring their polarised opinions to that piece. Um, so we wanted to, before they got there, well, they started reading. Um, um, we wanted them to identify, do I think he's great or do I think he isn't? Um, um, so, um, and we came up with lots of 
we explored some ideas around the kind of superhero Iron Man thing, but it felt a bit cliched and stuff. We kept coming back to this thing. No, we we need to get people to decide one way or the other. So um, Sam Walton, who's who's um, uh, um, um, art director, uh, suggested his mate Anthony Burrell, who does these lovely type pieces. You'll have seen them. The most famous one. It's um, it's all done in lovely old hand block, hand wooden block type. Uh, the one that says um, uh, "Work hard and be kind to people." Um, uh, and uh, but he's done lots of other ones. Think, you know, th- uh, they're great. So we came up with some words, um, and we just wanted to, to, something that would could be seen both ways. If you're pro Elon, you'll think yeah, and if you and if you hate Elon, you'll think yeah. So um, we came up with this phrase: Elon just doesn't give a. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know you can take one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and um, and we sent it off to Anthony to work on. I have to admit, when it came back, and the two words that were big on the front cover, one was Elon, and the other one was a very large F word. Um, um, it's one of my favourite front covers ever, but then you put an even better twist to it. Well, because we knew some people would be, um, would be anxious about it. Um, um, well, given the prominence well, of actually, the Well, actually, you know what? It's much, it's much more cynical than that. You know what? Um, we knew we couldn't boost it on Instagram like that. Um, mm. You know, you couldn't uh, an Instagram, or, and we, we're not on, we haven't been on Facebook for a little while. But on Instagram, we put a bit of promotion budget in there, and we also wanted people to share it and stuff. Um, so we thought, oh, we, what, what would be a social media friendly version of it? So we came up with this idea of um, um, uh, of stickers, a bunch of stickers that you could censor the f word on the bottom, <laughs> with a couple of jokes in there. So one of them was a cyber truck. So he would say, "Elon Brilliant. just doesn't give a cyber, cyber truck." truck. <laughs> <you know>? um, <laughs> and then the other one you might not spot it was um, uh, a Falcon Heavy rocket. So yeah, Elon just doesn't give a Falcon Heavy, um, which was funny. I remember having an argument with my designer who couldn't make the Falcon Heavy, which got the extra rockets on the side. Um, I'm a bit of a space geek, um, and. Um, and he said, well, just put the falcon on. And I said, no, it's not as funny. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elon doesn't give a falcon heavy. Yes. It's much more funny that Elon doesn't give a falcon. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, so, um, so uh, and we just thought it would, uh, it would, it would um, capture people's imagination a, a, a little bit. So it didn't cost very much. And it's, uh, and it's just uh, it's a sheet of stickers with, with Elon giving it the thumbs up and, and, the, and the cyber truck and the falcon heavy and various X's and the SpaceX and stuff like that to censor it. Um, and, um, and yeah. And that's how it and, th- and that's how it went out with a little note um, saying, which you probably should have placed in a different position, saying you're about to come across a magazine which has got <laughs> some profanity on it. I'm not. I mean, my view on it because we used to. I I when I took over at Top Gear, I said to people, look, if you need to swear in copy, or particularly if it's quoted, um, you should use it. Um, and we got a few people writing in going, oh, I buy this for the library or buy this for the school. My view on it is, it's not. Um, it's not my job to um, educate your children on, on how and when to swear. Uh, they're going to hear it. If, you, if your kids are six, seven, eight years old, they've heard that word. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you. So your job is, is, to, is to teach them how to use it and how not to use it. You probably, they probably heard it from you. Probably, effect. probably <laughs> so. Probably so. I'm not. I don't mean you specifically. I mean. No. Well, they probably have heard person. it from me. I've got a mouth like a potty, I'm afraid to say. I've always. Um, I've never, I thought it was an inspired. Yeah. I really, I thought it was inspired front cover. I was really pleased. We had a few people who wrote and, um, um, and expressed their outrage um, and told us they were cancelling their subscription, but they never did. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, amazing. But um, uh, so, so, um, so it's good. It was important to do it also because we needed to uh, huge regard for what for what for what um, uh, Jeff and David, David particularly, David Lillywhite are doing with Magneto. But we we get yes. we get lumped in with them a lot. 
um, and we're different. Um, you're completely so different. We're completely different. Yeah, you know, I, I, and, you'd you never know. put them in the same. Uh, no, point. but a lot of folks. It's convenient. People like these shorthands and stuff. So, so with with say all due respect to two chaps that I like a lot, um, we just needed to show a little bit of clear blue water. Which by doing a a, 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 a contemporary story, a political story, yeah. um, uh, with a cover with a cover uh, treatment like that, um, um, was it was important. And also, you know, we've got big ambitions for the states next year. Um, Have um, you sent a copy to Elon? Yeah. Has he responded? No, no. Where do you sit on the Elon fence? Um, I look. I he was about COVID. Uh, he's been all about Texas and abortion rights. Um, there's there's a lots of things he's done is uh, extremely silly. Uh, but um, uh, remember I, what he named his kid? I can't pronounce Can it. Can pronounce <laughs> it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Exactly. So, uh, but um, um, but um, I, I I think it I think it's it is. Quite extraordinary. I mean, you know, populating Mars, but you know, it's people bang on about oh, you know, we're never going to populate. But that's not what SpaceX is about. SpaceX is about a cheap, reusable, low orbit delivery system, you yeah. know, which we need. You know, um, um, you know, as he says, one of the easiest things to put into space are server farms. Server farms, you know, account for something like three, four percent of global carbon emissions, and it's only going to get bigger. You know, yeah, really easy to do that. But you, but it. You can't do it unless you can do what Elon does with by you know by basically reverse parking a rocket on a boat in the ocean from outer space. Which it is spectacular. You know, I th- I think it's astonishing. But people, are, oh no, that's not Elon. Well, um, a lot of it is. Um, you guys probably know Simon Spruill used yeah. to be at Aston Martin. Was at Tesla. Was at Tesla before that. And you know, Simon's a sharp guy. Found Elon difficult to work with. Anybody would, but says his ability to see the whole thing, his engineer's brain yeah. to understand the whole system, yeah. you know, whether it's a car or a rocket, is profound. And you know, I think, um, yeah, look, Tesla, you know, Tesla woke the motor industry up, um, and SpaceX is doing the same in space transportation. So um, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more pro Elon than most. I'm certainly not one of these obsessive motoring hacks who just hates him, spends their day hating Elon Musk. Mm. Probably because he doesn't do nice launches. I'm always, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm always interested it. to ask no. people in the motoring world what they think of Elon, but only for one particular question, and that is, do you think he's a car guy? Because I used to have a McLaren F1. Yeah, true. That is yeah, true. Doesn't, that doesn't make him a car guy. Why? That makes him rich. <laughs> no, I think if you're buying an F1, you are. You, that is yeah. a that's think, a statement. I think you're rich. I think you've just got lots of money. I think if you're just rich and you can't drive, I don't think you have a McLaren F1 for yeah. very long. I agree. Has he still still got it? He has, I believe. I think he still does own it. Yeah, he's on the register still. Um, I I personally do think he's a car guy. Mm, I just mm, think buying mm. a McLaren F1 doesn't make you a car guy. I just think it makes you rich. But that's, you know, we're allowed to disagree. No, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Right. He would have hurt himself if he didn't know how to drive one in an F1. What's more fascinating about the time that he had that F1 delivered, there's that fantastic video of... Because at the time he was PayPal, I think. Yeah, yeah. So head of he PayPal. Still is, he, PayPal is his. Yeah. When he, Not it, anymore. No, yeah, he sold it. Well, it he was. Sold it, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he yeah, got yeah. the McLaren delivered at the point that he, he'd successfully built PayPal up to this huge level. And the shockingly bad receding hairline that he had in that video of the McLaren de- <laughs> delivery, and you know, I don't. This is not an attack on anyone that's losing yeah. their hair by any means, but um, yeah, it's incredible <laughs> it's to see how to see, it's amazing to see how uh, a bit of money in the bank does help with uh, that sort of thing in life, doesn't it? Because look at him now yes. with his full head of hair. 
Yes. Footballers in Elon. Yeah. <laughs> Getting hair back when no one else could. Yeah. Cricketers, especially. Cricketers are the worst. <laughs> I mean, when we're talking about people's garages, can I ask what, uh, what vehicles you have in your own garage? I have a, a Mark 7.5 Golf GTI. Nearly four years old. <laughs> 50,000 miles on the clock. I mean... That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's all yeah. you need. Um, I, I, all the time when I was... Um, um, Working in the motor industry, uh, no, I still do. Uh, but um, on the main mags and stuff, and even reviewing cars for Telegraph and stuff, there's always something new coming through. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, um, I never really bothered then. Um, I've not, I've not driven anything than the, than the Golf in four years since I got it. I find it, <laughs> I find it really liberating to be free of the motor industry new car product launch diary, um, and it's one of the big decisions we took on Road Rat. Um, principally because, so the story of Road Rat is, is so, this, so the three of us started it. Um, uh, my very old friend, John Clayton, um, his friend, now my friend, Guy Berryman, Coldplay, um, uh, and me. Um, and all of us just got to know each other and we're chatting and we're just who, aware. Who put who together? Um, John introduced me to Guy. So John and Guy's kids used to go to the same school. Um, that was as simple think. as that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah their daughters used to go to the same school in London. Um, the power of the school playground. The power of the school <laughs> playground. Yeah, um, but oh, you know, the guy from that band. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure when John. In fact, no, I don't think he did. I think the first person who told me that, about Guy's collection was John, uh, right. having discovered it, having got to know him. Yeah. Because uh, he was pretty discreet about it in those days. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah, and we just realised we just weren't reading Carmax anymore, um, and the, and the reason was that just relentless new car product launch diary. Um, and um, you know, I really feel for the guys now, whether you know it's it's the guys on Evo or Car or Top Gear or whatever, because it's it's very hard not to cover all that stuff because the others are doing it. You know, it'd be really brave if you're in that bit of the market to go, well, we're not going to do it. But there's so much of it; it's now prescriptive. I mean, back in the days, when Charlie Turner and I were doing Top Gear. Um, we probably we did thirteen issues a year back then, and we probably got four covers from the diary that we had to go with, and the rest were and the rest were choices. I think the average editor these days has probably got a choice from the diary of two cars every month these yeah. days. It's just insane, you know. Um, so we so we said with uh, uh, Road Rat, we're going to step away from that completely. Um, um, and then the other kind of content tenet was we said um, we're going to be agnostic when it comes to new cars, old cars, and racing cars. We're bent towards classic cars, um, but not to the exclusion of road of, of, of new cars. So there'll always be a new, a new car story in there. Um, and when you do that, all of a sudden this 130-year history opens up, and, and, and your only question is, is this a fantastic story, and can I, and, and can I tell it beautifully? Mm. Um, which is just really, really liberating. Um, and if you've not got, oh, well, I've borrowed matey's car, so I really need to write about that, or I've been on such and such a launch and stuff, you're just, your head's just not full of it. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's really nice. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I love my golf. <laughs> I really do. They keep trying to make me buy a Golf 8, but I don't want it because it's, I think it's horrible looking, and, and all the reviews say it's terrible. So. Well, you don't but need it. You've got yours. I've got mine. Plus, I, say I drive like an old woman. So, <laughs> so, uh, you don't actually so, need the GTI no, bit then, no. to be fair. Um, uh, I'd be interested in it. What, <laughs> what, what, was the last <laughs> what was the last launch that you went on as a writer? God, that's a good question. Um, uh, it would have been when I was with, uh, doing the Telegraph stuff, the Telegraph Luxury. Okay. Um, so, um, 
at least five years ago, six years ago. Okay. Uh, uh, might have been the Rolls Royce Dawn. Oh, well, that's not a bad last hurrah, is it? No, it's not a bad last hurrah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that, and that was be- actually, you know what? I think it probably was. In fact, I'm going to say it was. Yeah. Uh, just because I can tell. Sorry, that noise in the background. Yeah. Tummy. Uh, the noise in, in the background feeding. is my dog. <laughs> Mary, come on. We haven't paid reference to Mary yet. No. Sorry. Mary's she beautiful is so chocolate. Well lamb. Behaved. She is. She's making a bit Should of noise. Well, she'd normally have had a supper by now, but um, she's suffering on um, fish fish treats. Tiny little fish treats. Superhero sardine snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I'm Let's make sure we get it right. I'm sorry, folks, for this interruption. Back to the Rolls Royce shortly, but it's quite. That's. Uh, it, I, I, I hope it was the dawn because there was a moment on the last day of it when we drove. Uh, on a coastal road um, to where the event ended with a lovely kind of pool, uh, seaside barbecue and stuff. Um, and um, I was with the chap from The Sun. I dropped him off earlier, so I was on my own. Um, and it was the timing was just perfect. The sun setting there, uh, the roof down in this sublime motor car. Um, it, was, it was a really, it was a transcendental moment. Just oh my god, you know. Um, so if that was the last launch, that would be that would be appropriate. That's the sort stuff. of thing that yeah. you think they couldn't plan it, and yet somehow yeah. Yeah. someone has. Yeah, well, they they they're good at Rolls Royce. Yes, they they're really good <laughs> they at Rolls Royce. They're the hotline to God. Yeah. They are, no, they're they're smart. They're, Rolls Royce and Ferrari, I think. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Together, unsurprisingly, are the two best in the, in the business at what they do. But oh, with launches also, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 60. It's kind of to be standing there while a bunch of kids kind of... <laughs> YouTube away. YouTube. Well, not, not <laughs> Tick, so much. Not TikTok so much, dance you know, in the not, background. You know, I, don't, I don't mind that. That's what they do, you know. But you just, you just feel a bit... Just feel, I'm a bit old to be waiting in this airport for somebody to hold up a sign going, you know, such and such a launch and to be standing there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know what you and mean. And you get, you know, it's 
look, it's I'm not I. You know, the industry has um, spent a lot of money on me, uh, and I'm very grateful for it, and had some fantastic times. But it's um, uh, you know, I'm kind of happy it's all behind me now. Mikey, why cars? Uh, 1976 British Grand Prix. Brilliant. Absolutely. First time um, um, uh, there on the Friday, and uh, my brothers took me for the weekend. Um, I was into sailing boats. I was a quite a keen little sailor, a little topper, um, and um, sailed away. Um, yeah, I was fascinated, well, was fascinated by boats, um, and I saw Nicky Lauder's Ferrari 312 T2B. Um, I just could not believe what I'd seen. The way it looked, the noise it made, um, I was just... Oh, um, and then, of course, two weeks later, the accident happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. So this, I'd instantly fallen in love with things, this thing, and then immediately takes on this life and death narrative. Mm. Um, so I was just captivated. So, but I literally changed my life. Yeah. Boats, 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 cars. Um, <laughs> I've dabbled a year to yeah. get into motorsport, cars, or Formula One. It was seventy six. It, it? <laughs> it was. It was. It was quite a time. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks to my brothers for that. And um, um, yeah, twelve years old, and that was that was that. Wow. See, so. I said this exact thing to Amy yeah. earlier today. Everyone has that moment, and they can remember mm. it, mm. whatever it is. And it might be being driven, or driving, or seeing, or mm. witnessing. And yeah, yeah. I mean. The smell, the sights, the sound, Nikki Lauda, yeah. Well, it was fantastic because back in those days, you could just, at, at the end of the day, you just walked to the tunnel and walked That's into it. the paddock. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could get up close with these things. You know, you had to kind of, whoop, I might fall across an engine block, you know, yeah. type thing, you know. People are smoking around. Oh, them and, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I mean, astonishing, you know. And uh, so, yeah, we used to, I used to love those weekends. Um, quite weird, really. I remember, I remember very anxiously going up and getting Gordon Murray's autograph. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> and kind of... Now I talk to Gordon all the time, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, um, so boats are still a thing. I, I still like it's as as sailing boats have become um, uh, the levels of performance in sailing boats are just extraordinary now in the America's Cup and in what they call Sail GP, yep. which basically uses the, um, the sailing technology from the last America's Cup. You know, you've got sixty mile an hour sailing boats, sixty mile an hour Crazy, sailing boats. You know, the big ones in America cup of seven and a half tons. That is crazy, isn't it? I remember, you must know, remember when Martin Whitmarsh yeah. left F1 yeah. and got into the America's Cup? Yeah, yeah, with Ben Aisley and yeah. That's yeah. right, with yeah. Sir Ben. Mm. And I remember him saying, you, you wouldn't believe the crossover yeah. between the because it's engineering. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it doesn't matter what the surface yeah. is, whether it's water or tarmac. Well, Ainsley's gone all in for the next America's Cup, and and that um, 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 the the throw in the development completely in with Mercedes AMG Formula it's One through Ineos, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in, well, everybody thinks that Ineos are going to buy a further chunk of Mercedes, mm. uh, but um, now to be um, um, on a rib with, you know, God knows how many sodding great big engines on the back and the guy with the throttle all the way forward and the sailing boat is pulling away from you, you know, yeah. um, is just amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely astonishing and incredibly beautiful. So, um, yeah, I'm quite into that. I did a bit of work in America's Cup with Land Rover um, on the, the one that, that was in sense. Bermuda, which is when Martin Whitmarsh was there at uh, yeah. um which I really enjoyed. Uh, and I, I, I was hoping to go out to this last one, uh, but uh, it was in New Zealand and... There's a, there's a bit of a yeah. There's yeah. a bit of a health. Thing <laughs> it going. was a bit of a health issue. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, but I, look, I hope it works. I'm not completely convinced that Formula One has all the answers that America's Cup needs. It's on paper, logically, it's absolutely there. But but it went badly wrong with Martin and Ben's team there. I think it was a culture clash, mm. um, um, and it didn't quite work out for Ben this time. You know, he was rubbish in the in the warm up series. 
then AMG did a huge amount of work. Mercedes Formula One did a huge amount of work on the boat by the time it came to the round robin, and Ben obliterated everybody. But then when it came to the semi-final, Ben slipped behind again. So yeah, he'd been caught. Um, so, but I hope he gets it. He's an amazing bloke. He's a very nice yeah, man. Yeah, he's a well. really wonderful man, so, and he's um, you know, my God, if you want a competitor, yeah. Um, but it's physical, you know, uh, and Ben's you know, not getting any any. Uh, any uh, younger? There's a chance um, that the America's Cup might be held here, um, so um, because they can't find the funding to hold it in New Zealand where it would be held because they won it again. Well, they uh, do around Portsmouth, right? Potentially so. And there's just gossip about it, but it's kind of we'll, uh, we'll find out pretty soon. But I think Radcliffe would love that to happen. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I imagine he's so going to have I. quite a say. Isn't he the title sponsor now? And um, yeah, well, no, he, no, he owns it. He bought he bought the entire team out. So, so uh, Land Rover sponsored it. The team was co-owned by Ben. Uh, but uh, with Charles Dunstan, uh, Keith Mills, yeah. uh, various others, um, and Radcliffe got his, you know, not entirely tiny checkbook out uh, <laughs> and bought and bought the whole thing. Yes, wasn't there? There's a rumor, and it might be wrong, but there's a rumor because, like you say, Land Rover was sponsoring Sir mm. Ben Ainsley, and mm. what, what was it called? Ben Ainsley Racing and Land Rover, or something. Land Rover like BAR. Land Rover BAR. Thank you. Yep. And there was a rumor that Jim Radcliffe, owner of Ineos. Wanted wanted in on that. Wanted a piece of Ben and yeah. made Ben an offer. And Ben was like, "Well, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm 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 very much in partnership with Land Rover." Mm. So Radcliffe went, "All right, I'll buy the series." Yeah, yeah. And it was it was as simple <laughs> as that. I don't know if it's that. I don't yeah. know if that's right. No, and I don't know if it, it is as simple as that. It's, um, the, the, the Ben was aware that the um, we're getting way off cars here. Sorry, but uh, you know, Ben was well aware that the that the that the money required to compete with the new boats, which is these foiling monohulls, so not a catamaran, but a monohull with these two big claws, foils on claws yes. that come down either side. They're, they're um, vessels rather than boats. Oh, they're they're astonishing, absolutely astonishing pieces of kit. Um, anyhow, it ended up unhappily for Land Rover, which was a shame because it was a really nice little team. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, uh, and they were, they were fun yeah. to watch. And they yeah, a, no, they, they were great. And they were just, there was a, the, the relationship was really positive. And um, yeah, it was a shame. I think, I think Ben probably, you know, but he's competitive and he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah, he's our John Marker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny how um, when it comes to automotive love, it's people who do love the cars will just, as you've been saying, you start off with boats and they went to cars, but you still mm. always love the boats. And then mm-hmm. you've got people that love cars, but also trains or cars and motorcycles or motorbikes yeah. and boats. And it, Aeroplanes it, it, is always it, a yeah, good one as well. And helicopters. It? And it all yeah. becomes, this, as you said, this maybe this love for engineering and to an extent it, that travel or adventure, but it's some kind of mixture of all these things. And I mean... It's. Uh, do you think Road Rat will end up going and expanding into I don't know the the boating based Road Rat the, the, the Which, Water Rat I don't we, know we, we, yeah, <laughs> the Water Rat the Water Rat we've already registered yes to be honest uh, it's something that we thought about we 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 briefly discussed the idea of doing one for the America's Cup mm-hmm. uh, but then it got complicated I mean you it was like a series or a special edition a special edition. Um, 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 potentially with one of the one of the sponsor partners and stuff as part of their communication stuff, but but when it was apparent that there were going to be very few people out there in Auckland and they weren't going to be taking um, guests and stuff, that fell apart. But um, I'd certainly like to get that. Um, it's not what's next for Road Rat. What's next for Road Rat is the road is the is the is the rollout of a, a proper website, okay, uh, which has been a long time coming, a uh, long long time coming. But it's just it's just been hard to do, not being able to be in the office all of the time. Um, but it's um, so we've got a web shop right I think now. You're about to ask what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is it in relation to 
with the revival, not revival, but the continuation of print media, mm. which has obviously been your big push, and mm. the the subscribers are going to be delighted for that. Yeah. How high on the priority list has a website been? Because isn't that is there not a, a level of counterintuity to the cause there? With... Yeah. Like, what would you end up putting on? Um, we're not going to do new car news and reviews. Um, yeah. um, there's too many other people doing a too good a job on yeah, that. Of course. Um, and so there's pointless getting involved in that. So it'll be road rat type content. It okay. will inevitably be a little bit more topical. Yeah. Um, uh, and we'll dabble in new cars. But what we tend to do if a new car's launched, you know, we'd probably wait six months. Um, yeah. And then because over a period of six months, you can you can you get to know what people really feel about a car. Sure. You know? um, we were talking about the Roma, you know, yeah. earlier. You know, when the Roma came out, everybody was a bit meh about the photographs. But then people started to see them and people started mm. to drive them and people just love them now. And, and, and that's the truth. Yeah. The truth, the quick take is rarely the truth. Right. Um, um, so um, so it's very road ratty. Um, uh, it's very beautiful to look at. Um, um, it doesn't come screaming at you with a homepage with thousands of different stories. Um, and, you know, there won't be a huge amount of, It'll be two or three new pieces a day, but one of those might be a photographic essay. One might be um, um, uh, a behind-the-scenes story. Um, we won't publish the stuff that's published in the magazine. That will stay in print. Right. But we will publish stuff that exists in orbit around those stories. So, for instance, one thing um, that we're working on, and you'll see this very early next year, um, um, Manish Pandey, who wrote the uh, Lewis piece in the, uh, in the first issue, um, an awful lot has happened since then. Yeah. Um, so we'll update that story. So, so that was published in 2018. You know, I think he only had five world championships then, or maybe it's maybe even only right four. Then. Yeah, actually, only four. Um, yeah. So, um, so we'll so we'll finish off the 2018 thing. Then we'll do the 2019 and 2020 and the 21 yeah. um, aspect of it. Um, we'll, you know, they won't be great. You know, if, if there's a long story to be told, we'll tell it in parts. Sure. Um, so, uh, part one on a Monday, part two on a Tuesday, yeah, stuff like that. Nice. We'll probably put an upper limit of about 900 words on it. Yeah. But I'd strictly upper upper limit. Yeah. Uh, I quite like the idea of having a, a surrounding story of an existing piece, that whole behind the scenes look of, and here's how it went and how it happened, and if you and can, here's the consequences of it all, yeah. and here's some stuff. Yeah. So, and I think, and and hopefully that will push people to subscription. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, you know ultimately, uh, in a few years' time, it'll all be behind a paywall, but but certainly not yeah. at the start. Um, right. Uh, but we ju we just need to be. Um, just need our cadence needs to kind of move up a bit. If yes, the conversations around road rack go on a while, but if you're just quarterly, you've only really got four moments a year, which is not which yes. is not which is not quite enough. Yeah, um, you need more of a content. Um, so and it helps build up the. So you'll see you'll see that next year. You'll see a big push in the states. Um, um, you know we sell um we sell about thirty percent of our magazines in the states. Is that right? Yeah, wow. which is great. So the UK is the biggest market, um, and um, we do we you know it's um. People always ask what the circulation is, and it's 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 difficult for us to say. I'm going to say it, uh, but um, but you know what happens in publishing is you know you publish a hundred thousand magazines and you try and get them in as many places as possible, and then at the end of the month, forty thousand have come back and you pulp them, you know, right, yeah. um, and that's sixty thousand of circulation for that month and stuff. We published we published twelve thousand of each mag. Um, um, we actually published fourteen of Lewis because we published eight to start with, and then it sold out. And we published a further right. six. So there's 14,000 of those. All those first four are just about all gone now. And actually five's pretty much there as well. Um, so our circulation's about 11,000, um, uh, of, of which five and a half are subscribers. Um, That's true. Which, you know, and well, I mean, if you think, you know, we do say, say 5,000 in the UK. If you think, you know, Top Gear does 35,000 in the UK. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Top Gear's got 
biggest brand in the world. It's you know it's established. It's in news agents. It's one third of the price of us. So I'm I'm pretty chuffed with that. Yeah. But then if you look across to America, and the big guys, the trends and the, and car and drivers are still selling a million. It's huge press. Still, over you know, still so it's incredible. You know. Yeah. Um, Would so the limit numbers? Well, that's an interesting question, John. We, I mean, we, we, we might. There's, there's, there's one very radical scenario mm. on the uh, um, uh, on the plate for next year to be discussed, um, which would see that there would yeah. be a limited number of road rats, and if you've not got a subscription, you can join the you, uh, you can join the waiting list. Um, we kind of we're turning into the Goodwood of magazines. Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, we kind it's of. Not, it's, it's not a bad it's, thing, incidentally. It's, that's not a, not a negative. I don't. I mean, like, I you know, it's. Um, I get pretentious about it, but 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 it's um, we're increasingly looking at it as a luxury product. Um, you know, luxury publishing tends to you say that, and people think of GQ and they think yeah. of Vogue, and it's you know, it's basically you know, it's a product which exists to carry the ads of and to feature the products of the luxury industry. Is it a luxury experience in, in itself? Probably not. You no. know, um, you know, super fine writing in, in both of them certainly, but it's uh, and photography obviously, um, but but we are a luxury thing, so. And weirdly enough, there's some quite interesting brands um, in luxury that are coming to us that want to work with us. Um, so, so we'll probably you'll probably see a little bit of that next year as well. Sounds good, Mikey. One of the things that we're aware of with the pod mm. is that we've got a lot of younger listeners, a lot of listeners that listen because they're interested in the next step, taking that journey into something connected to cars or media. Now, obviously, we get lots of questions for Amy from a photography perspective, and now actually thanks to her lovely piece that she did with Will about engineering and starting mm. companies and so on. Sometimes we get questions about doing a podcast or doing car reviews or making videos or whatever. There's no one better placed to talk to about becoming a, an automotive journalist. What, what tips do you have for Ooh. 16, 17, 18, 24 year olds that want to change in career, whatever people that just love cars and, yeah. and want to be involved, but aren't engineers, aren't yeah. designers. Yeah. Uh, number one, um, Think if you really, really do want to do it, because there's, you know, it's uh, um, there's not the money in it that there used to be. Um, it's uh, um, you know, you're probably not going to make yourself rich. Um, but you know, number two, most importantly, um, sorry, that's that's not number. That first one wasn't number one. That's just a little caveat. Um, um, just do something different. You know, just you, you're not going to get the attention by trying to be Clarkson. Um, okay. By by you know um, uh, by trying to be road tester on Top Gear, a road tester on Evo, because they all do that, and they've been doing it so long, and they do it so well, you know. Um, Leave them to you're it. Going, you're, going to, you're going to need to find your own thing, and, and that thing needs to be a quality thing. It's not just a novelty thing, you know. Um, you know, I mean, you know, Rob, you know, Amy makes the splash by, you know, by, by coming up with beautiful photographs that look like nobody else's, you know, and that's the thing. So they're, they're instantly going to get your attention. There's, you know, these devices we have, whether it's our laptops or our phones and stuff, Everything in the world is on there. All the movies, all the sports, you know, all the politics, all the news. Um, how on earth do you break through that? You know, so you know, just kind of have that in mind that the space in which you're competing. I mean, it's, it sounds really tough, but it, unfortunately, it is. You know, um, you know, it was much easier when I started. Um, um, that's how you're going to do it. You know, uh, but the advantage of that is the platforms exist for you to do it on. You know, um, is it uh, worth it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah, I'm very happy to have, you know, um, had a career in cars, you know. It's still got a few years to go yet, unfortunately. 
<laughs> well, you, you seem in a really good place, Mikey. If you don't mind me saying so, you seem you yeah, seem I'm, yeah. I'm happy, but I'll be happy when we get a little bit further down the road with issue nine. But um, uh, it's uh, we've but been these are the dilemmas you want to be having, though, aren't they? This, they, they are. These they are, are the headaches yeah. that you yeah. need to be having. Yeah. Otherwise, what you do? Yeah. No, it's look, it's a really exciting time. It's you know, it's um 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 uh, yeah. Last like, yeah, last year was hard, and and obviously there was the fallout from last year from the revenues that we didn't get from the yeah. magazines we didn't publish. At the time, you go, all the money I've saved by not publishing it. And then you think, oh, yeah, but all the money I didn't earn by not publishing yeah, it as well. But that's behind us now. Uh, and um, and Guy and John and Barney, our other our shareholder, are all super-duper excited. And we're just starting to get people asking questions about us as well. Um, I love that. But not, the, not to sell out, um, but if people can help us get where we want to be, mm. uh, which is, you know, um, um, digital, you know, and use that digital to re-energize our woeful social media. We are the worst performers <laughs> in social media. Amy's laughing at this. Sorry. We are we are as bad as you are good, Amy. But uh, we've just um, we just struggled to work out what road route in social looks like, really. Uh, but but when we're telling stories daily on the website, that will help enormously. Yeah, you'll be much um, more natural. Just this massive disconnect between yeah. Instagram and a quarterly. But it's know? also quite yeah. beautiful, that disconnect, because it is the kind of thing where, like, I, I know that in... I'm frustrated that in, in the workshop that, that, that I've now got... It, the, I've, I've got all of the road rats bar one and I'm like where oh. is that one So I'm, oh. because you've numbered them as well I'm like yeah. I, need, I need that one but it yeah. becomes something that you don't think about as a social media thing you don't think oh I'll go and see what they're looking at on you know if, yeah. like you've got like, physical thing it's, a, yeah. it's such yeah. it's such a yeah. physical thing and it's, it's a standalone thing to be that that physical thing that you do hold it and you don't yeah. you don't shut down the magazine you, you no. place it down we it's, always said that was guys um, a failure measurement that was was if we ended up in anybody's recycling pile I mean yeah. we wouldn't have done the job properly um, and we and we really don't think we do. But Guy, by the way, thought we'd sell 500 copies of the first one. So. Did he? We're almost on 14,000. What's it? I mean, we, we should so have a word to on bass playing. Boss. <laughs> well, I was going to say we, we should have a word on Guy because, of course, he's he is in the biggest band in the world. <laughs> he gets pretty busy sometimes going off on About tour to get and very busy. We're not going to so see much of him for the next couple of years. So, does, how does that how does that affect the product? Um, it's it's a lot. Guy's very involved. Um, uh, you know, and particularly during that first year, which is after the big tour had finished, the last one, the um, Headful of Dreams tour. Um, Guy was, you know, we were based in Guy's barn. Um, yeah, I came to see you. Know, you yeah, exactly. Yeah. You came to yeah, see us to there. See Amy well. came to see yeah. us there, took some great photographs. James Walker came to see us there. James Walker made a video. Um, you were in that mix. Um, <laughs> and um, so we were based in this mezzanine up in Guy's barn, which was funny because it is literally, it's a, it's a uh, um, steel roof Dutch barn, and we were in the mezzanine. Um, and um, so when it got hot, all the warmth would come up from below. And, of course, the panels above us, we, it was like literally IMAX stopped working. It was oh so no. hot. You know? Wow. Uh, Jeez. So, I mean, yeah. it was amazing that you could look over either side. It at was these pretty inspirational when you're, when you're kind of stuck for stuff and you go and look and glance at a 275 GTB yes. or yes. You know, some crazy machinery like, right wonderful collection. So, Well, that's Guy. Yeah. He's a man of, you know, enormous um, taste and style. Uh, I mean, he loves his cars. Um, but is very um, driven by design and photography and papercraft. Um, right. So, so Guy was very, very heavily involved, um, particularly when we were co-located. But I mean, no, I was on the phone with him for an hour or so this morning. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of, of, of early proofs for Nine to look at and stuff. He's very good. I mean, he's naturally very good, naturally very visual. Um, but he's also um, um, doesn't bring any any luggage to it at all. You know, he looks he looks. You know, I've been doing this for forty years, so that's going to affect. 
how I look at stuff. Yes. Look at magazines and look at how I edit pictures of cars and stuff. Um, and Guy just doesn't, so which is which is really good. Um, and a different way of working as well, which I think is much more like the band works. That you know, Chris Martin will arrive in the studio with a bit of an idea of a song, and they'll work it up, and they'll add to it, and they'll decide shall we go forward with it, and they'll keep iterating and iterating and iterating. And guys like that as well um, will keep changing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When we got to the 44th iteration of the Lewis Hamilton story, we thought that was probably it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> but the well, one, you saw, the one, yeah, you, saw in, one you saw in the magazine was the 57th. Uh, oh, wow. So, wow. yeah, oh, I've wow. seen proof numbers that you've never seen. Edited uh, to within but, an inch uh, of its life. But it, it, but it is, you know. And um, 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 so there's, yeah, the first um, But six, that's why you can charge 15 quid for it, you know. Because we it's so. had... We hope so. 57 passes hope so. before you put yeah. it out. Um, we hope so. I mean, we are, yeah, we are obsessive about these things. Uh, I mean, look, it's, you know, Sam Walton when he came in. Sam, so Sam's an old colleague of mine used to work on Telegraph Luxury with him. Sam's got a beautiful independent magazine called Hole and Corner, which just celebrates uh, people who, who, who do stuff with their hands. To, to call it a craft magazine would be would be wrong. Uh, but it's, um, it's for the doers, you know. Um, but there's lots of, you know, ceramics and textiles and stuff in there, but other stuff. Um, and um, so Sam brings a slightly different aesthetic, which actually complements guys quite nicely. So it's we're probably not quite as quirky as we were when it was Rupert Gale, um, who was the art direct art editor on the first five six issues, who I worked with at Redwood on the Land Rover thing. Um, so we're, you know, people say we're a little bit more modern, a little bit tidy, a little bit more mainstream. Uh, but um, uh, but there's some lovely stuff. There's some there's some good stuff coming in. NSX on the cover of the next one. There you go. Absolute yeah. dream to drive. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stunning looking thing. And a guy called uh, uh, Benedict um, Redgrove. Uh, so, you know, who did yes. that NASA book? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got um, some amazing, amazing pieces. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. It's, uh, he's, uh, so he's photographed it in that style, that super high key. And it's a white car and everything. So it's got the real note of that NASA. So, so he's worked on that for us. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So it should be good. That will be out at the end of November. We're hoping from now on in uh, to hit. The um, the last Friday of the middle month in each quarter. So uh, last Friday in February, last Friday in May, last Friday in August, last Friday in November. That's, That's when Road Rats will be out in the future. And then website and and the luxury stuff's really interesting. Some very, there's some stuff you're gonna want to own. I can tell you. Really, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're gonna have to circle yeah. back. Can we come yeah. and see you soon? That'd be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to come and see some Bista. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we need. I haven't talked about Bista. We have this beautiful building in Bista, the parachute store. Which, like all the buildings at Bista, is called that because that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a church. Um, it's got this tall lantern galleried roof where the light comes in and the warmth comes in. Um, and I think uh, I think it was done that way so they could hang the parachutes up and dry right. them and yeah. untangle them. Um, but uh, when the sun comes in, it's oh god, it's beautiful. It's really lovely. Um, it's single brick walls. It's made for keeping parachutes warm, not human beings, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. But it's really lovely, and we're going to do more with it next year because it's just a great space. Possibly, even possibly at the next Scramblers meeting. Really? It might be. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. It's When's an exciting it future. Uh, next Monday. Monday. Next right? Monday. All right, yeah. I think it will be. Com- we've got a Eight. meeting with the guys at Bista tomorrow, but Eight. I think that will be confirmed. So Exciting. So, yeah. Amazing. Mikey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sorry if I've rambled on. I hey, talked talk too that much. Was, that was a really good chat. Really enjoyed it. Thank talk you very much. as well. So. You've been listening to Driven Chat, and we'll be back again, same time, same place, next month. Well, next week. Next just week. Next, next month. Week. I, all this talk about month. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe off. we should do it. <laughs> a month off. I don't think we can. Uh, usual T's and C's, etc. John, do you want to do that? People can get in touch and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, please. 
uh, if you want to get in contact with us, do, because we love reading your emails. We love hearing from you. The email address for that, as always, is podcast at drivenchat.com or just slip into the DMs of your preferred social media platform. We're getting loads at the moment, and it's lovely, and I'm enjoying every minutes of reading them all um i know i'm not replying to all of them but I, I will do my best and we will get to a listener's letters episode which i think we've been talking about now for about six months we will get there so keep your emails coming long, in it's gonna be keep, a long episode keep, now keep your DMs <laughs> coming in. um and uh yeah we uh, we love hearing from you so yeah let us know what you think about this episode um other talking topics anything you want us to know about jot it down in an email podcast at drivenchat.com and you, you can go. see the road rat at the roadrat.com Boom. You can. Perfect. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Thanks for your time today. Bye-bye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 